Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hours. Hey y'all, this is April. It's Caroline. And we got another serial killer story for you guys. You have probably had the best month of your life so far with the past two episodes. Yes. With some serial killers. Yes. Who are pretty popular. Pretty popular. But... They the are most legit. popular are yet to come. We are ending very strong. I mean, could you think of a more popular serial killer than today or next week? He is worldwide. You can go to Indonesia and they will know who Jeffrey Dahmer is. You're probably right. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, bitches. Are y'all ready? I mean, I'm ready. Are we just going to like go right in? Can you tell us what you're drinking, at least, uh, for this bloody happy hour? So, what are you telling? Uh, we're drinking some Ukrainian vodka. <laughs> I think that's what it is. <laughs> we're representing, we stand with Ukraine. <laughs> that's all we know. We stand with Kim. Kim. Right? Who's Kim? Kim, Kim Jong-un? No! Kim Kardashian, who is Ukraine. <sighs> you you didn't even get your you own. met the China guy. <laughs> How is that the first person that comes to your head? Because I've been watching. Listen, there. I've whenever I found out about YouTube and Twitter, my life ended. Wow. Wait, why is Jesse Smollett having another trial? They're they're doing his sentencing. Okay, okay. but they're trying to get him another trial. Oh, they're trying to say that. He, 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 there's 13 reasons why he needs another try. Is there 13 reasons? <laughs> That's what I'm Are there tapes? I was like, oh my gosh, he obviously did it and he faked it. So just legit. Get over it. It is spring break. <laughs> and I just have to say, y'all, this story, today I worked on this story from nine till four. I'm not even showered. I did brush, brush my teeth. Um, April likes to wait till the very last second. Well, and I wor- I do. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I worked on it. Do you want to? Do you want to borrow my book called Procrastination? Because I bought <laughs> it, it and I have yet to open it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a shocker! I don't know, but I had a lot of it written. It's just a big story. Listen, here's the thing with Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. You can't skip there. You there are. 8 million TV shows, there are 8 million articles, there are several books, and you can go and you could get every probably single detail of his life, but you can't, like, overwhelm yourself with Because I'm, like, I've already started 
on yeah. the Ted Bundy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a lot because you're you hear this one part, and you're like, oh well, that's not accurate, so maybe this is, and then it contradicts what you whatever. So, well, so there's I, just a lot of information. You just got to sum it up. Um, I'm not a good summer upper. I'm not either. <laughs> So I've read a piece So we're of basically a book. telling you it's going to be long, so get ready. This whole month's going to be long. It's not going to be a three-hour episode. It's not even going to be a two-hour episode. But these will not be 45-minute episodes no. this whole so month. No, so you need to so get So next month, get some drinks. popcorn, get your get drink. Get some popcorn. Maybe you get put some. Put on your house shoes. Yeah. I don't know. Some wine. Put on your, Jeez. if you're driving, put on your um, cruise control. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And don't park in an alleyway uh, like... Where it's dark and you have to get out alone. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to get kidnapped. So I have a couple of sources. Um, Biography.com. I have the book by Don Davis and ChristianChronicle.com. Random, oh, right? Okay. okay. Christian Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah. Is that like chronic? Nope. No. Chronicle. Okay. I don't know if it's like a... Marijuana or something. No. <laughs> so, and then of course, watch a bunch of videos. So we're gonna start you off with a little bit of audio oh. from Dahmer. Get ready. You're gonna hear a lot of his voice today. Okay, here we go. Tires. If you were out on the street now, would you still be committing the crimes? Probably. If this hadn't happened, there's no doubt I probably would be. I can't think of anything that would have stopped me. So you hear his voice, right? He's pretty articulate when he speaks. Yeah. He's very a matter of fact when he speaks. And we'll hear him a couple more times. But if you're just intrigued about any of his confession, um, you can just Google him and he has a ton of confession videos out there. And was it on Netflix that this... This in- whole interview is on like one of his Dahmer on Dahmer or yeah. something. He's got a lot of them out there. So Jeffrey Dahmer, y'all, he was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I've yet to travel there, but is on my list. I'm that's upsetting. Is that where the guy who killed his parents in the fire and put him in the yes, fireplace? Remember, I told you that. Yes, his saying. birthday's May twenty first, nineteen sixty, and his parents were Lionel and Joyce Dahmer. Now for these. You can't skip on childhood on these because it has a lot to do a lot of the times with where they end up and what they end up doing. So Lionel and Joyce were married. They were just like a normal um, family. They said that Jeff was normal until he was about four years old. Like Mm -hmm. he was this happy, outgoing kid and had to undergo a double hernia surgery. Then after that surgery, he came out and he was withdrawn which it's weird because I hear that a lot, like with my parents with kids with disabilities, they have a surgery and they are totally different. Like they stop talking <gasps> um, or they get sick and they stop talking. And then a lot of times, well, that's then they end up they're autistic and they these parents think, oh, it's the surgery or it's because they got sick. But anyways, that's kind of how it was with him. Jeffrey's not autistic at all. Wait, so what what, was it having to do with the surgery? I, I mean, that's just something that they remember about his childhood is that, but also f- how normal can you be? I mean, how do you really know him in four years? You know what I mean? So after this surgery, he was really withdrawn. He didn't talk as much. And then from he was almost robotish. 
So, um, how old was he when he had surgery? Did you- four. He was disengaged, right? And so even by the time he became a teen, he was friendless and still disengaged. He had a little brother that was born. His little brother's name's David. So while growing up, Jeffrey's mom was crazy. Like, she was literally crazy. She, if she, she was always arguing, picking fights and starting fights. If it wasn't with the daddy, it was, like, with the neighbors or somebody in the stores, something. She was always, like, on combat mode. And then when she wasn't starting fights, she was going through bouts of depression. So That's she all would, exhausting. She exhausting. would shut herself up in the room and like isolate herself oh my gosh, for days. This it's is like dirty Jasmine. <laughs> Everything relates back. It does. I can't. By the way, he's a Gemini, right? When was his birthday? May 21st. Oh my gosh, she's on the cusp. Okay. We have a lot of serial killers that are Geminis, I think. Well, I know, and that's not, like, if you Google, like, dates of serial killers and their birthdays, it's like they're all Geminis and, like, Scorpios Pisces or and something. all this stuff, weird stuff. <clears throat> so, um, okay, so she would, like, lock herself up in the room. And so just think about that. Like, if your mom is either combating or locked up, like, you don't really have a mom too much growing up. So he was wouldn't get that nurturing from his mom did you say it's the only child or not he's got a little brother named okay oh that's right that's right yeah um so he was loved and his parents say he was loved but just not in a in a traditional way so at a very young age Dahmer becomes obsessed with animals carcasses and animal bones so it starts off with like bugs in a jar. Totally normal, right? Everybody's put a bug yeah, in a like jar. Yeah, mosquitoes. You catch the lightning bugs? Lightning bugs? Yeah. yeah. I never catch a mosquito. Did you I do mean, that? I meant to say lightning bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lightning bugs. Put them in a jar. He would do like ladybugs. Well, that he graduated to animals. And so. I didn't put no animals in a jar. Well, he wanted to know what the animals' insides look like. And so mm. roadkill, he was pretty amazed by roadkill. So much so that he would carry a bag in his pocket, and when he was walking from school, if he saw a dead, <laughs> dead raccoon, squirrel. dead squirrel, he'd pick it up, put it in a bag. No, I've never and really take it wanted to, to do that. His, his little little science cabin that he had in the back of the house. Um, and so then he wanted to kind of see what was on the insides, and so he would just kind of cut them up just to see what their insides look like i mean you you're born with this the the then like you're it's weird because you who yeah i don't don't, maybe you are so he would cut them up and then he would save the bones like bones were like he would just save the bones and then one day at dinner he asked his dad what what would happen if i bleached the bones right because wasn't his dad like a something yes chemist I was going to say scientist. Scientist, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I knew that. (coughs) So he already had all those things in like jars. The dad did, and then Jeffrey added his own? No, so Jeffrey, like as he's in his teens, he was not interested in anything. So at dinner time, when he's like brings this up dad Dad's gets really like, excited because yeah. he's like oh maybe wow. he likes chemistry yeah so he goes and he buys them this bleach and these jars and yeah. they kind of do this together maybe like another form of hunting yeah um, maybe he wasn't interested in whatever but like oh wow he's actually interested in yeah. what i'm doing so he kind of fueled this 
Um, but he didn't know everything that Jeffrey was actually doing. He, he didn't, didn't know that he was like slicing the animals up and then yeah. like killing squirrels in his spare time. So he eventually graduated to cats, but even dogs. Yes. And he killed a neighborhood. I can't. I never found if it was a neighborhood dog or his dog, but he decapitated it and put the dog's head on a stick. So in the books, and you can Google this picture, and you can see like a dog's car- skull on a stick in his backyard. Um, <clears throat> well, that's just not very nice. By junior high, by the end of junior high, early high school, like Dahmer was already drinking like a pro. Oh. Like it was Thirsty Thursday every day. He would ke- bring his booze to school, keep it in his locker, and he would sip, sip like throughout the day, all day, oh. every day. He just needed to relax a little Bef- like that. And, and he actually called it his medicine. So I remember when Trent was little, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say beer or whatever all the time. So I'd say, go to the refrigerator and get mama her medicine. <laughs> That poor kid's going to be dumber. Oh, I call it hot juice. His kids. grades were average. Um, and he actually ended up joining the band and playing tennis. And he was decent at all of it. And his dad I was mean, excited. It does not look like a dog head. Oh, it is. Look at that oh. big old jaw. Okay. <laughs> like a dinosaur head to me, but that's okay. So, um, oh, a dinosaur head? It did. It or looked like that. a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So, um... Okay, so still in high school, grades are average, like normal kid. He also knew that he was gay early on. Oh. And he didn't really understand this, but he knew that he wasn't fantasizing about girls. He would fantasize about boys, but in his fantasies, the boys were, like, very submissive, non-responsive, and then that eventually turned into them being dead. Mm, so no. he was not fantasizing about live bodies. No, no. Why he would was you do that? fantasizing about dead no. boys. I mean, that's happened. And he times. later says that his urges for necrophilia, that is engaging in sexual acts with a dead body, started at age 14. Okay. This um. sounds real familiar to the British Jeffrey Dahmer that we talked about a couple Dennis episodes ago. Nielsen. Dennis, yeah. Started very early age. He would obsess over this jogger that would see run every day. Like, he loved this jogger's physique. He loves quads and, like, biceps. And we'll, that will come back later on. Oh. Um, and this jogger would run the same route every Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Jeffrey would go to the field, or sorry, to the forest and the trees and hide and watch this jogger and sometimes masturbate. In the field, in the woods. In the woods. And then he would fantasize about the jogger being in the bed with him, laying flat, and then eventually dead. So by the age 15, he's already planning, like, I want to kill this jogger. So he goes to the woods. Why did he go so extreme all of a sudden? You don't want to have anybody alive, I guess. No, he doesn't. It's the whole thing. I know. He goes to the forest, and he brings his bats, and he waits for the jogger. And I guess the jogger is sick or <laughs> decided to go to the bar or something because he jogger not was not up. on his schedule. He was off oh, schedule. Hell. And thank God he was. And I wonder if like the jogger ever put it together that he was the actual jogger. You know, like later yeah. on, when this all comes out. Um, he kind of comes out of his shell a little bit later in high school. And now he's a class clown. 
which if you watch his videos and watch his demeanor, you can't even see it happening, but he is. And maybe because he's drunk all the time, but he would make like random sheep noises. Don't you make a good sheep noise? <gasps> Do it. I do. I do. Do it. <clears throat> <laughs> so you and Jeffrey Dahmer have something in common. Oh, my God. So he would make random sheep noises in the middle of class. He would also fake seizures and act. Oh. I don't like saying this word, but this is how it was. He would act like a retard. Like, um, And he would fake seizures in the middle of the classroom hallway. And people thought it was hilarious. And so he was like a class clown, and he joked around so much that they coined a term pulling a Dahmer or doing a Dahmer. So when the they, when other kids would act up, even the teachers would be like, why are you, y'all need to quit pulling these Dahmers. Okay. So I, he kind of became popular off of that. Okay. there Was there a movie? With, yeah. Who was it? My Friend Dahmer. Oh. <sighs> Because I haven't, I don't ever, I mean, I haven't watched any of the other series, but I did watch that mm -hmm. movie, and I'm like, it sounds like that movie. Yeah. But because. That was uh, about a fr one of his friends in high school, uh, quote unquote friends, that could kind of put him up to this. That was a. Wrote a book about pretty it. Pretty accurate movie then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he did this until he's graduated yeah. and so now it's 1978 he's about to graduate parents get a divorce gladly because they're toxic together and dad leaves and he's living in a hotel mom and little brother and jeff are still at the house until one day like the day before graduation he comes home from school and mom is packing her stuff and oh. brother david's stuff in the car and she's gone she does not take Jeff with her. What? And Why? he's abandoned for whatever reason. I don't know if this mama knew what her kid was or if she was like, he's 18, he's grown anyways or what. So oh. he's living in the family home all by himself. Oh, Dads can't come there because something about the courts. Um, and so it's just him. So these urges, now he has space and opportunity and freedom. Oh, yeah. To so wonder why how he got crime. that home all by himself. Yeah, yeah. So mm, he picks up a hitchhiker. He he's this is after graduation. He's eighteen years old. He picks up a hitchhiker randomly. It's not planned, it planned, but he has fantasized about this. Yeah. Um. So this hitchhiker's name is Stephen Nix, and he pulls over, and Stephen's on his way to a concert, and he says, "Well, why don't you come with me? Have some beer. We'll party." Before the concert, and then I'll drop you back off. Yeah, that's nice. Okay? Yeah. Well, Steven's like, for show. Yeah. It's just so random how people, they're just so trustworthy back then. Well, you needed a ride. So they go back to the Dahmer family home, which is in Bath, Ohio right now. They're in oh, Ohio. Okay. So um, they're having beers, and they're hanging out. But the concert's about to start, so Steven has to leave. This triggers something in Dahmer like it did Dennis. Oh, he's going to leave. Someone's going to leave him and abandon Yes, him. he's already been abandoned by dad, abandoned by mom and brother, and he's so lonely that he just wants Steven to stay forever, but he can't. Mm -hmm. So he grabs a dumbbell, and he beats Steven to death with the dumbbell. Oh. His body laid unconscious 
dad on the floor and Dahmer thinks it's a good idea to strip bucket nickets and masturbate over the corpse. Yeah. I mean, what else do you do? And he just passes out because he gets, you know, he's, he's plastered. So tired. And tired, probably. <laughs> he takes the body into the crawl space under a house, under the his house, and he starts to dissect the Those body. Cuts him up. And yeah, stuff. because yeah. he's always wanted to know what's inside a person's body because he knows what's inside of the animals. Now he wants to know what's on the bunch. What do the insides look like? So then he like dismembers because he's been practicing on animals. Let's see. He later says it took him two hours to dismember, which is crazy. I feel like it's fast. It is real fast. I mean, it took Zach from Zach and Addie weeks and then he still couldn't even finish so he, he must have actually some good, good tools or some good that his daddy probably bought him yeah. so then he so he they're in different potty parts and he grabs them and he puts them in bags and he buries them in different places around the house which they live on two acres and there's a oh, bunch of woods no. nearby but he begins to panic because he's like well some random dog can come and dig it up and then they're gonna find the body so his science experiments with his dad's kicks in. Really paid and off. he just happens to have some hydrochloric acid <laughs> in the garage because that's what him and daddy used to dissolve animal carcasses with. Mm-hmm. So he's trying it with humans. And he dissolves it all and then flushes the acid mix down the toilets like Dennis did. Him and Dennis have so much in common. Then he gets a sledgehammer because all he has now are bones. So he gets a sledgehammer and he crushes the bones till they're in little bitty pieces. And that's what he scatters around the yard and the trees and the forest. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. And it only took two hours? Well, no, no, no. It took him two hours to To dismember. dismember. The other stuff was a longer process. And this happened over like a couple days. So... That's so, wow, that's a lot of work. Jeff's trying to be normal, mm, and he just graduates. So what do you do after high school? You go to college. He goes to Ohio State University, legit college. Legit. He barely gets in, but he gets in, and he's majoring in business. Okay, he's a it Buckeye. lasts for a day. S- semester. Okay. <laughs> Flunks out. He's a drunk. Never goes to class. No. So his dad's like, take your ass to the army. Don't they always go to the army? They always go to the army. Or like the military. Military. One of the one of the branches. Well, he goes to the army and he starts training as a field medic. Imagine that. He wants to work on bodies. Bloody Gosh. bodies. And he gets moved to West Germany. While he was there, two guys accuse him of rape one guy said that he was repeatedly raping him over 10 months and another guy says he drugged me and raped me and so he never really got convicted of this but he was discharged from the military so they gave him a plane ticket and they were like you're his last check they're like you gotta go there was also five unsolved murders at West Germany what? at the time that he was there, and they involved like dismemberment. He never confesses to this. It was never tied to him, but p- 
people there thought that maybe he would have something to do with these five murders there. Why would he not confess to it if he confessed yeah, to all the Yeah, that's the, other the thing. Ones? I don't think he really did. <clears throat> so he has to go somewhere, but he didn't want to go back to Ohio because dad doesn't really know what's going on and he don't want to disappoint him. <laughs> Damn dad. I mean, you're a mass murderer. You don't want to disappoint him because you got kicked, discharged from the army. Oh, dad was real weird in that one Netflix thing while wearing those sunglasses, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. He seemed a little... So he goes to Florida. <laughs> of course you do. Of course. I'm safe in Florida. Florida will take me. Miami, Florida, getting drunk, passing out on the beaches, renting out a hotel room, and he's working at a sandwich shop. Drank like a fish. And this is when Adam Walsh, the kid, oh, John yeah. Walsh, yeah. goes missing. missing, get kidnapped and decapitated. <gasps> oh. Later on, people try to tie this to Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. And I don't remember. He was a little boy, though. He was a little boy. He was, I don't remember how old he was. He five? I feel like he was young, but then it was, he wasn't the one on the paper route. So that, I think I'm putting two together. But I know that he was, he was in a store. He was in a store. He he was probably like a, yeah. He was with his mom. His mom turned around for a minute and he was gone. Well, um, there was one lady that later on when Jeffrey like gets caught says that the person that she saw the little boy with looked like him, but he never confessed to this. It was never tied to him. I don't know if this murder is solved. I don't think it is. I think that's why he started unsolved mysteries and all that. So that's a story for another time. Yeah. So he goes back to Ohio with dad and dad's remarried and stepmom. And now they notice what a drunk his their kid is or his kid is. And they try to get him to stop drinking and, like, be positive, And they're trying to help be him. Positive. But he gets arrested for being drunk and disorderly. So they're like, done. You're going to grandma. Why do they send Everybody their serial killer kids to the grandma? Everybody goes to the grandma's. Go on, kill your grandma. Like, do they just think that grandma can handle it and like grandma won't put up with your bullshit and like maybe you won't be mean to gra- like he wasn't mean to them. He was just Mm-mm. drinking Mm-mm. or maybe he'll I don't know, but I'm always they're always sending them to, to the grandparents and then they are probably going to kill the grandparents. Well, and he later says and maybe this is why that grandma is like the only person that he truly felt love for and felt loved by. That's it. That's what the other one said. Like they love their grandma yeah. or grandpa. Mm-hmm. Ed Kemper, and yeah. then who was the other one who loved his grand grand grandpa? Who oh, at the beach. Tiramisu. Oh, Daniel Daniel Nielsen, and then remember Tiramisu Masaki. Yes, Sutomu. Yes, Sutomu. He loved his grandpa. Remember, ate his ashes. Oh well. Something about those grandparents. Okay, so he's horny, right? Oh, but yeah. He don't really have anybody to... He don't have anybody dead to... Yeah, there's nobody dead around, so he tries other things. Yeah, like He what? goes to the bar, and if he he meets men and he takes them home, of course oh. he drugs them. Oh, yeah. But if that didn't work out, he would go to bathhouses, which I guess is like a brothel. It's like... Uh, for men. 
So oh. you just go in there and you know you're going to have sex with somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you pay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm picturing like I'm baths Mike. everywhere. I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it worked for him because he would sleep with a lot of men there. And a lot of them lived to tell us about it because they would say that he would get pissed if they moved, if they spoke, or if they reacted too much. He wanted them still, like a dead body. Bathhouses serve as a gathering place, an invitation to connect in a setting where sensual absorption replaces small talk. What? So it's a steamer. It's like a big-ass sauna. Like you see on TV. What? He just ended up having sex with people there. Okay. So then later on, he starts to drug these guys at the bathhouses. Oh, my gosh. He would drug them, and then he would rape them. And this happened, like, to 12 different guys before they figured out it was Dahmer. And then when they figured it out, he was kicked out of the bathhouses. He was not allowed to come anymore. But they didn't call the police. They didn't say, this guy's drugging and raping us. Well, he wasn't Pulling like a, a Bill Cosby. Big guy. Was he? He like, was big. He like, was. He wasn't. He wasn't Kemper big, but he was like six foot four. Like he was. And he was broad. Was he strong or yeah. something? Like did these guys like couldn't get away? They were passed out. He drugged them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, in the bathhouse. Okay. That's I why. I, yeah. So just like he, he, he will give them the drink. They pass out. That's why I think it's a little something sketchy. It's like these massage parlors, but there's yeah, other shit going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then he gets arrested because he decides to show his wee-wee <laughs> at the state fair in front of a bunch of kids and their mamas, right? Wee-wee Herman. And then about this time, Grandma finds a male blow-up doll in one of his closets, and Ooh. she pops it and throws it out. Uh-oh. So no, you see, like, he's tried to... Find ways for his urges. Get a doll. They can't touch you. They can't react. Screw the doll. Um, have sex with men, but don't let them move. Right? Yeah, yeah. But all these got taken away. Dolls in the trash. Kicked out of the bathhouses. So these urges get bigger. And he gets desperate. And he's like, I'm just going to go to a graveyard. <gasps> and I'm going to dig up a corpse. <laughs> and... You know, I don't have to kill anybody. I'll just get a dead body and I'll just screw that. Yeah. So he gets all his tools and he goes to the graveyard oh. and he, it's so like hard. Like he can't, he doesn't even like, yeah. it doesn't last at all. And it's six so he feet. can't get a corpse. You got to go all the way down. And yeah. then you have the <laughs> Then you have casket. to pull off. Yes. It's, I don't know. And I mean, it's Ed probably Gein bones. Did it right? Or maggots. No, that protects them. Right? The coffin? Yeah, it protects them. Or the casket? What's it yeah. Called? Same thing. Bad idea, Jeff. Bad, Bad idea. idea. Did not work. Womp, womp. Womp, So, but like he's about to blow. He's so oh, no. horny. He can't right? just like masturbate well, for a second. He does porn watch hub. a lot of porn. He does watch porn. a lot of porn. <laughs> a lot of porn. He yeah. says later. Just but I guess do it, it doesn't work. No. Yeah. So he goes to a park where there's some 12-year-old boys, pulls down his pants, and he masturbates right in front of them. And, of course, they're like, what the hell? Tell their parents. Call the police. He gets arrested for indecent exposure. But 
he tells them Jeffrey's very good with his words and very convincing. Remember on your episode, you said that they don't have anxiety, so he's not nervous. He's very calm in all these interactions that he has with the cops. He says, I was peeing, and I had no idea they were there. I guess he just wiggled it too. I must have just wiggled it way too many times, and they thought I was masturbating. So the Popos dropped his charge to disorderly conduct. And so he had like a $50 fine and had to go to mandatory counseling. Okay. Good luck. That's interesting. That counseling was very helpful, I guess. Oh, did He didn't go to your same counseling? No. <laughs> probably the one I had before. <laughs> so um, now he's finally found a job. He's been empl- unemployed and living off grandma for two years. And so he finds a job. And you know grandma won't have any money. No, not at all. She's probably just getting her retirement or disability. She's having to pay for your shit. And you're over here. He's getting in trouble. And you just, all you want to do is get drunk and watch porn. And And watch porn and play with dolls. Yeah. Blow ups. Blow up dolls. Well, he gets a job at the famous Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. And he will have this and keep this job the rest of the podcast this is where mm. the jeffrey dahmer works oh. but he's still living with his grandma um so now that he's got money he's able to spend money on guys so he comes up with this idea and i'm gonna tell you right after this break So he goes back, he goes to a bar, and he's kind of hanging around gay bars a little bit now. So he meets a guy named Stephen Tuomi, and he's buying drinks for Stephen. Stephen's from Michigan, and he's got all his new chocolate money. So he suggested that him and Stephen go get a hotel together, because you can't take him to Grandma's house, right? So they go to a hotel to go spend some quality time. And the privacy. And according to Dahmer, which he's been very truthful, is that he didn't wasn't doing this to murder him. He was trying to kind of be normal. His plan was to drug him and rape him, but not murder him. Yeah. Okay. Normal. I mean logical, right? Yeah. So night. But he blacked out and when he woke up the next morning, Stephen was dead, (gasps) bloody. What? And he had no recollection of what actually happened to Stephen. What? Did he drug himself too? Oh, he just blacks out too much. Oh, he got too drunk. Yes. My gosh, he had to have been on something else. How do you get that blackout? Oh, oh, yes. You've never blacked out? I don't, not from drinking. Where you wake up and you don't remember everything from the night before? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Is that blackout? <laughs> That's what a blackout is. So he blacked out, and he didn't remember what happened. Obviously, he whooped Stephen's ass, and Stephen died. So (laughs) he leaves very quietly and calmly, and he goes to the store, and he gets a big old suitcase, and this is how he gets Stephen out of the hotel. And guess what? You're supposed to carry suitcases in hotel rooms, so nobody's even questioning He takes Stephen back to his grandma's basement and has sex with Stephen's body repeatedly. 
this is Jeffrey's dream. Like, this is his preferred state because he's still warm. He don't like them when they get cold. And like um, they're not very stiff. He spends, yeah, he don't want no. them stiff. Mm-hmm. And so he spends the next couple hours masturbating and dismembering. Masturbating and dismembering the corpse. So. I know. I, I just. I know. He removes the head and the arms and the legs from the body and he fillets the flesh from the body into small little cuts. Okay. I think he puts them in acid. He took the bones and he smashed them with his sledgehammer into their just little bitty pieces. He puts the flesh into trash bags and he kept his head Kemper for two additional weeks. First, he tried to boil the head. He's trying to get all the meat off the head because he's obsessed with the skull. So he boils it, boils it in bleach, boils it in acid. Oh, sometimes he tries detergent and bleach. Like he's just doing these science experiments on these people's bodies. Oh my gosh. Uses the skull for sexual gratification multiple times. The skull or the, the skull. He- so I don't think he did like. Kemper did and actually like Kemper would yeah, use, use the that. mouth I think he him just having the skull satisfied him sexually so he was probably masturbating with the skull in his hand or on oh. top of this uh, I just <laughs> just picture that for five seconds I'm gonna take a drink my throat's doing so good I know you're probably gonna have an attack here in five seconds I will. probably will okay so he eventually smashes the skull after he has it for two weeks and he gets rid of it. Stephen's remains were never found. So his family was just missing him until Jeffrey Dahmer later gets caught and tells them. His dormant period between the first Stephen and the second Stephen was nine years, which is a pretty long wow. dormant period. Yeah, he don't have one of those anymore. His next victim is 14 years old, James Dox Tater. Dahmer, now that he has money, he makes 875. He pays him to ask him to come take nude pics. Oh. I'll pay you 50 bucks, which usually is going right. I'll pay you 50 bucks. And people just agreed to this. Yeah, I'll come and I'll take nude pics for you for $50. So he gets there, he drugs him, and he strangles him. He has sex with, sex with his body, dismembers him as well, as well after he leaves. Okay, he dismembers him after he has the body there for a week. So he's just spending a week with the body, <laughs> talking to it. <laughs> Dennis. Remember Dennis would like be on the couch watching TV yeah. with the dead, dead body. <laughs> then he, when he did decapitate, decapitate him he boiled the skull and his little concoctions um used that as gratification and then eventually turned that into dust dismembered the body um got rid of the body in the garage he was trying to figure out you know the best way to get rid of it right the next one he brings down but he's not able to kill 
this guy doesn't drink, so he fixes him some coffee and he laces the coffee. But grandma hears somebody because this guy is like stumbling around like drugged. Grandma comes down and sees him and sees the guy stumbling. And Jeffrey ends up calling him a cab and sending him home oh. because he's like, I can't kill him now because grandma saw him. And if he goes missing, grandma didn't nude, see any yeah. of the other people. No. So she was a jerk. this guy was lucky. After this, Grandma's like, I don't know what he's doing. I wonder down there. if he ever came out and was like, I know. I always me. wonder about this. Like the jogger or this guy had to, had to have. I know. Can they do a story about him? Them? Let's oh. find him. Okay. So Grandma's like, you got to go. My house smells like dead people. <laughs> And I don't know what you're doing. That's just Drunk all the time. Oh, you're grown up. Like, you got to go. So he does, but not before he kills Richard Guerrero. So Poor Richard. let me tell you, the first two guys, Steven and Steven, are whites. James was Oh, he likes black, black boys. Richard is Hispanic. Every... Other All world. but two of his people will be of another race. Yeah. Black, um, like Laotian, Hispanic, some type of Islander, like will be, yeah. and which is was really he weird. He wants a little pigment. He, he does. And it's really weird because, remember, serial killers don't always cross those lines. Yeah. He was one of the first to do it, um, but his was about sex. Like... They tried to say it was about race eventually, but it wasn't. It was just like what he was attracted to, which was well-shaped, trim black men. And so that's how he, right. that's who he picked. So he killed Richard Guerrero in the same manner that he did. Now he has to get his own apartment. This motherfucker is smart oh. because he goes to Milwaukee and he finds an apartment called the Oxford Apartment in the Hood predominantly like minorities like transient people there known for drugs and crime so he's like i am really not gonna look suspicious and this they're not gonna be worried about me at all and then i'm sure he's like these people can go missing and i bet the police won't really care you know Mm -hmm. so now he's living at 924 north 25th street Apartment 213, the infamous, infamous apartment, Oxford Apartments. That building's not there anymore because. I oh, no. I know, I know, I know. So he tests out this theory. Fresh off of probation, he's on probation for what he, for those um, masturbating in front of those kids. Mm. Okay. He approaches a 14 year, year old Laotian boy on the street. And tells him, hey, I just got a new camera, and I want to test it out. Let me pay you $50 to come over and take some photos of you. So he did, and he laced some coffee, and he gave it to this little boy. And the boy's kind of like in and out. He's not totally drugged yet. He didn't drink a lot of the coffee. He fondles him, and... Tries to t- takes his clothes off. T- tries to take his clothes off because he says he wants sexy pics. But for some reason, the boy 
got away and he stumbled out and safely got home. Yep. I know which one you're thinking about because we're not there yet. Okay. So he safely (laughs) got home and it's weird that Jeff just let him leave. Right. Mm -hmm. So when he gets home, he tells his mom what happened. So Dahmer gets arrested (gasps) and he's charged with second degree sexual assault assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes he hired a lawyer and he was released within a week (laughs) Uh, i mean greatness right but listen what yeah yeah some bullshit but he's got a trial coming and so so after being released he goes out to la cage bar gay bar and he picks up a black gay man named anthony sears he asks anthony let's hey you look good. Let, Let me, me put take you a through picture. a photography session, and I'll pay you and buy and free, I'll have drinks there. So Anthony's like, "Bet now, mind you, these people need money. Like the, everybody in this area, they're yeah. So and fifty dollars was a lot of money to them back then. So he didn't take him back to his apartment for some reason. He took him to Grandma's house. So he set Grandma's house. And they're in the basement. He drugged him. He raped him. He dismembered him. He chopped off his head, boiled his head. And um, he kept this skull. He kept it, bleached it, and then painted it gray. And this will be the first of his collection collection of skulls. Hmm. Um, He later told us that he would have full conversations with the heads of the victims. And he kept the skulls. As a reminder of his kill. Well, that's nice. That's a nice little trophy. Now it's time to be sentenced for kidnapping that little boy, right? Mm -hmm. So he was sentenced. He got three years in prison that was later reduced to one year. And he only served 10 months of it. And And he was on a work release program. So he got to leave every day to go to work. So basically, he didn't go to jail. He basically didn't go to jail. He had to spend and denied in jail cell. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> he got five years probation, was on this work release program, so he was able to keep his apartment and his job at the chocolate factory this whole time. Win. Win. He's winning. Wow. Right? He's not even trying to win. Like, he's like, no, it's they're just letting privilege. him win. It's just happening. It's just, like, easy. It's just easy for him. So now his daddy's kind of second guessing like his Lionel actually writes a letter to the lawyer, to the judge. And he is like, please do not release him. He needs help. He needs an alcohol, um, whatever agency rehab facility. He needs counseling. I'm afraid of what can happen if he gets out. Oh, hell. He got, he's out. They don't even care. Why don't they listen to the parent? Well, the parents sometimes crazy, but still, (sighs) I think they just had bigger fish to fry. Oh, did they? (laughs) (laughs) I mean. And their head, they thought they had, what? Yeah. So, so he's on probation. He has his first probation meeting with his probation officer. And three days after that, he runs into another good looking gay black guy named Eddie Smith. Um, He's at the bar. Per his probation rules, he is, one, not to engage in any sexual acts, and two, he is not supposed to drink or be in any drinking establishment. Okay. So, Eddie's in town. 
staying with a family member because the gay pride parade is coming up. Oh, and he told hell. his sister, I'm going to go out just for a little bit, but I'll be back early because I got to get up. The parade's tomorrow. Parade. Parade is tomorrow. LGBTQ plus QRA. Plus, plus IAPK. APK. And he filed. Okay, so he didn't come back. And Wait, course, is he living in Florida? No, he's back. He's in Milwaukee. Oh, he's back in his apartment. Yeah. Okay. He's, he had moved to Ohio with his parents, and then he was Ohio with his grand, grandma. Now he's got his own apartment in Milwaukee. So um, Eddie told his sister that he was going out, right? Mm-hmm. But he'll be back early. Well, he didn't come back home. Never came back home. Oh, no. And she's filed a missing persons report. And a little bit after that, she got a phone call. The phone call said, don't don't bother looking for your brother. She said, why not? He said, because he's dead. She said, how do you know that? He said, because Because I I killed killed her. And hung up. What? Now he's calling people? I I didn't remember this either. I had no idea. And so he actually calls multiple <gasps> family members um, of several victims. Eddie's what? remains were never found. And the only reason why we know that he killed him is because he told us. And he later identified a picture and admitted to killing when he gets caught later. Oh my gosh. So what yes. happened after he called them? Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Well, she so he's just missing. Yeah. She knew they knew that he was probably dead. And so when you tell the police, but they have no evidence, you know? It's not like they tracked phones back then. They're just like, Oh, he's probably missing. So gosh. family gets closure, but way later on, a little bit of closure. Um, okay, so now he's moved on to a 15-year-old boy, and I guess he thinks this boy has needs more money. So he asks him, offers him $200 to come back to his apartment to take some pics. Mm. So he did. And as Dahmer is snapping all the pics, he picks up a rubber mallet, and he starts to beat this boy with it. Okay? Mm. Beat him and beat him and beat him. And but he stops and the boy gets up and tries to leave and something in Jeff snapped, but not snapped in the way it snapped for the others. He was just like, "Okay, I'll let you go, but I will kill you if you call the police. So the boy was like, "Okay, I promise. So he leaves, runs straight home to his family. Family takes him to the hospital and then the police station. And he tells the police that this white guy that lives right here offered him to take pictures, beat him with the mallet. He had the blood and the bruises to show it, described what he looked like, where he lived, <clears throat> and then that's it. <laughs> Police did nothing. They, they didn't, didn't go over? They didn't go over there. They didn't knock on the door. Jeff was never questioned Sound about like some Waco cop. Sound like something <laughs> crazy. She ain't going to say it because she gets scared. <laughs> what is wrong with these police they got bigger so fish frustrating. To fry. i mean i don't know i mean but that's a legit like you have evidence of an assault yeah it's like, it's like they don't give a shit about these 
vic- this victim. Oh. And he's a 15-year-old. Is so he black don't boy, you though? Wa- yeah, he's black. Yeah, there you go. Don't you want to find a perverted white guy living? Yeah, well, apparently not. Uh, apparently not. He's an idiot. He has another probation meeting with his probation officer, and six days after that, he goes to Club 219. Oh I gosh. actually need to find out if that's still in existence. Oh, the bathhouse? Uh, it's a club. It's a regular club. Mm-hmm. He met Richard Guerrero, which was his one Hispanic. Mm-hmm. He met him there two years ago. So he was like, oh, let me go back. Oh, he's going back to his old stomping yeah, grounds. Yeah. yeah. So he decided to sit at the bar, hmm. and his drink of choice was rum and Coke. We should drink that today. Well, way to go. I had no idea. He'd sit at the bar, and he would hunt and look for somebody to kind of pick up, right? Oh, my gosh. There's where he found 33-year-old Raymond Lamont Smith. I don't got to tell you his name, his color, because he's it's Lamont. Lamont. He would be victim number seven. Okay. This is what Jeffrey says happened. Okay. I offered to pay him money to come back to my apartment, take pics, and drink and party. God. When he got there, I fixed him a drink with... My sedative concoction. (laughs) Then I strangled him after he fell asleep. He removed the clothing, had oral sex with him, dismembered him while talking with his skull, and then he painted the skull and put it in his refrigerator. We later can identify that that was Raymond Lamont Smith from the dental records because the skull was kept. How do you go from, okay, when he dismembers them, it's a whole head. He just waits for the skin to fall off? He boils, that's why he boils them. Oh, he boils. Yeah. He boils them in bleach Is he back at his house yet or is he at his grandma still? He's at his apartment now. Now, does this... um, Process smell. I've actually never done it, so I was just wondering. Very bad. Okay, but nobody then, knows. Anything. Yes. Okay. They do, and they complain. Okay, and then he's like, "They're the police are like, oh, he's white, so he's fine." Well, they don't <laughs> complain to the police, but they knock on his door, and they're like, "What is the smell?" Because it eventually starts permeating to the hallways, and then that whole floor, and you can tell where it's coming from. Sometimes he pretends like, "Oh, I've been smelling that too. I don't know what it is." Then he'll say, oh, I cooked some of my meat rotted, or my refrigerator broke and my food is old, or I cooked something bad. Like, he always had an excuse, but he was so very matter-of-fact and cool and calm and collective that people were just like, okay, whatever, he's just nasty Yes. Yeah, he's just nasty. Nasty. He has, like, greasy look. Oh, yeah. Like, white trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Now we got Ernest. Oh my gosh. And Ernest. He just doesn't. He's just like. He just goes. Go. Yeah. But there's, there's not. The news is not saying anything about a serial killer. Nobody knows that anything's going on. So it's so weird how some of them like want the attention and some of them just like do it just to do it. Just because they feel the urge. Like. Like, with BTK, like, he just wanted so yeah. much attention. And with Dahmer, he's just like, I just have, I just feel like I just have to do this. Yeah. Which is crazy. His, uh, he said his obsession and his compulsion, he had to. Like, he just had to. It's like he, he w- it's like he, it's like 
he wanted to stop, but he didn't want to stop. Like yeah. he, the only way he knew the only way he could stop is if he was captured or yeah. whatever. And that's why he said that at the beginning is he would just keep on going. I yeah. don't think he ever wanted to stop. I think it fulfilled him so much to do this. I and so, that's why this is so fascinating is because it's like, how even is that even a thing? I don't know. And I, I know Trenton was like in, in there with me when I was going over it. And it's, he was like, how do people come up with this? I, and it's like real because, you know, there's so much fake news. Oh, this is real. And then you're like. How is this even real? It's not fake news. It's real. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Okay, so this is Ernest Miller. He was in town for Labor Day. He gets a lot of these transient people, too. Some of them are from the area, but some of them are just, like, visiting here. So then it's even even more harder harder, to kind of track them, right? So he got up, and he he was down for the weekend. He got up and went to church Sunday. He later went by a bookstore, and that is where he ran into Dahmer. Dahmer offered— all what he always offers, he accepted, and when he got there, he drug him. And this time, he slit his throat. Oh, was he changing it up? Yeah, he and he later says he don't give a shit about the kill. He hates that part. He wants what comes out of the kill is that now you got a dead, lifeless body that is could be totally submissive to him, basically. He didn't like the killing. Well, why couldn't he just drug him? BTK so bad? loves the killing. Well, and that's why he kind of, in a minute, we'll talk about how he kind of experiments a little bit more. Because he don't like that he kills them. It's just a byproduct of what he needs in the end. So, um, this guy, he keeps his biceps. And he puts it in the freezer for later. He actually keeps his whole skeleton so he gets the flesh off. He boils the flesh away, like in his acid, right? Cuts it's off the be like huge pots and the quads that he wants. Not huge enough because he has to buy a barrel soon. So I mean, because that Chandler Halston guy who burned his parents, like he could not even do all of the, two people in a whole house. Well, and he doesn't. He's not totally getting rid of the flesh. Like, he leaves so much hanging around, so many parts of the bodies hanging around. So when he gets caught, it's like with Dennis, he'd have, like, a torso here and a leg and arm and stuff here. There's got to be some – it's got to just – it's horrible smell. It is. It is. Okay. I don't know how he lived through (laughs) – and then he was working at the damn chocolate factory (laughs) making chocolate. But, like (sighs) – So he loved this guy so much that he kept his whole skeleton, the skull, all the bones. He bleached them, and it looked perfect. Oh, he bleached. He was victim number eight. Ernest Grandmals started to receive disturbing phone calls. One time, groaning noises. Another time, choking noises, and another time, a male saying, "Help me, help me." So he was taunting. Oh, he These was people. taunting. He was. All right, listen to this video because biceps in the freezer, this is kind of where he starts with the cannibalism. Okay, you didn't tell me when 11.58. Just let it play enough. I was uh, branching out. That's when the cannibalism started, eating of the heart. 
and uh, the arm muscle. It was a way of uh, making me feel that uh, they were a part of me. It, it, for, at first it was just curiosity, and then it became compulsive. Then I tried to... Uh... What did he try to do? Let's go to the next part. <gasps> it was compulsive. And what did he say? He, by him eating them, made them a part of him. And then they could never leave him. He is now a cannibal. Well, that's good. He's graduated. He's graduated. I'm glad he stepped up his game. I was getting a little bored with him. So neighbors, right? Neighbors are like, what the hell's going on in this apartment? It smells like asshole. It stinks. Then they would randomly like hear a damn buzz saw at all hours of the day and night because it's him sawing them. I was about to say. You would hear thumps and bumps, and it's probably him dragging parts of the body around because they didn't fight. Like there was never a struggle. And then he would be yelling and cursing. So was he doing this when he was talking to the head, or was he drunk and like belligerent and doing this? All of the above. We don't ever know. D- Probably all of it. E all of the above. And then, like I said, the excuses for the smell, like he had every excuse of the book in the book. Oh my! Like what? He farted? No, spoiled meat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the refrigerator broke. Refrigerator broke. He didn't shower. Cooked he something that didn't turn out right. Apartment. Department. <laughs> apartment. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> so Dahmer like is in the middle, like in his prime right now, right? Yeah. He's really feeling he's himself. He's like about I mean, he's got all his his new friends that are just all these skulls in his refrigerator. So how many he's kept? How many skulls at this point? So I don't know how many skulls he has, but he's he just finished his eighth victim. We're on number nine, David Thomas. Okay. His remains. Okay, so he picked up David and brought him home, but then when he got there, he was like, "Oh, I'm not really attracted to him." Oh, uh, but I'm sure you'll be attracted to his skull because they all look the same, or do they? Yeah, I'm sure they do. Well, maybe they don't. And he didn't want to kill him, but he had already drugged him. And he was like, I can't let him go because he's going to be pissed and he might tell on me. So he ends up killing him, but he did not rape or masturbate or or do any kind of oral sex on his. And he, neither did he save his flesh or his bones <coughs> or he did not eat him. What did he do with him? He put him on the trash chute. Just disintegrated him. <laughs> Melted him in the acid? Oh, my gosh. He took a five-month hiatus after this one. And it, he, he had such a bad taste in his mouth about it because he was like, literally. it was a waste. Because remember, he don't like killing. He only mm, likes killing apparently. when he got something out of it. And he didn't get anything out of this. I mean, he's logical. Did I tell you his IQ yeah, was very 145? Logical. Sounds very logical. <laughs> Oh. 145, he's just as smart as Kemper. He sounds so logical. He is kind of a genius. So Not. he's on a hiatus. Mm, just kind of What does he do? Porn. Just go to the chocolate factory, yeah. come home, watch porn, 
smell his horrible smelling apartment, check out his skulls, masturbate on their talk skulls, to talk to the skulls. Yep. I mean, he was he's, he's living, living his, his best, best life, best sober life right now. Sober from killing. He's still drunk. And um, he's but he's been starting to like because he's got to see his probation officer, I think, every two weeks. And he starts confiding in his probation officer. I would love to be his probation officer because they have to like confide in you. So he told his probation officer that the only family member that he talks to is his grandma. His grandma would call him at work and it made him feel like somebody cared about him. Oh, yeah. And then he said that he has not spoken or seen his mom in five years. Because she just peaced out with the other. With the other little David. David. And his dad, he talks to from time to time, but he's not going to see them for the holidays because he's really ashamed of him being gay, of his gayness. And he's just. Yeah, because it was like. He don't feel like they accept him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was stigma back then. Not that, well, they didn't know he was killing people, but yeah. Well, and it's the holidays, and, you know, you just get real depressed around the holidays anyways, is what his probation officer was was saying. And so he doesn't kill until right after the New Year's, and it's 1991 now. And Curtis Strotter was killed. Dahmer keeps his penis his hands his skull and his heart he later says to eat it so up until then he's only been eating the biceps and the quads the muscly parts of the bodies now he's graduated about the butt to the heart he doesn't like the butt like the butt i don't know i feel like he would he would like the butt but no I guess not. Okay. And he wanted to keep the genitals, so he would keep these things in those, like, jars that you see, like, in the science labs with that solution in there. Yeah. So that's where he kept his penis. penis? Yep. And his hands. And he would always take photographs of them, right? Alive, dead. Now he starts taking photographs of him doing his work dismembering like selfies selfies before selfies btk selfies yes (laughs) yes selfies before selfies and like of like the finished product like the skull in the pot boiling and then the skull afterwards like he was documenting this because he was going back to it he later says he was keeping these skulls because he wanted to make a shrine like a little shelf worship kind of area where he can he go and have quiet zen. Yeah, he wanted to decorate. He wanted to decorate. That's why he was painting them different colors. Well, he's artistic. And he later says like a memorial, memoriam of Yeah, he's them. thinking about them. You know, as... You know, April... It used to be my favorite, but I don't know anymore. You know, why you you you... you we're all about him, and now you're I appreciate, him. I, ap- well, yeah, and I'll talk about it, but I appreciate how truthful he is, and that's probably why, one, he's crazy, right? Yeah. But then he's very truthful, where a lot of them, 
like Bet Bundy, I don't think really comes out and says it. No, and he doesn't take ownership no, for any he doesn't, of it. And that's what pissed cocky. me off about Bundy. But Dahmer was like, "You can't blame anybody else. It's all me." Yeah, but then so did BTK, but he was like creepy about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Jeffrey gets a phone call from his mom, who has not talked to him in five years. She's now living in Fresno, California, and now she understands that he is gay, and she's working for an AIDS clinic for the gay community. (laughs) And so she calls him up, and she's like, I know you're gay, and I've accepted it. I've learned more about this community, and um, I feel so bad that this disease... Is oh, it's a disease. Haunting oh this community. God. AIDS. Talking about AIDS. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. Because she works for an AIDS clinic. Okay. She's thinking. Like it's a gay only disease, first right. of all. Idiot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but he hung up the phone and he felt relieved because he's like, oh, I'm accepted. Okay. Yeah. Maybe my mom does accept But I guess me. back in the day that they it did, was hard to. they did like relate gay people and AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so after that phone call from his mom, he felt relieved, but this did something to him where he kills seven more people in the next three months. That's like, overkill. like he would, t- yeah, overkill, overkill. And a lot of them were in one month. So Errol Lindsay is when his killing game kind of steps up a little bit even more. Errol Lindsay was victim number 11. He was a member of the choir at a local Baptist church. When he kills him, he starts to experiment with lobotomizing him. And he's about to tell it. So they would, he would drill a hole in the head and he would pour different things into their brain. He's trying to make a human zombie. He tells us at, it's on 1215. Should be right there because that's where we ended. At first, it was just curiosity, and then it became compulsive. Then I tried to uh, keep the person alive by inducing a zombie-like state, Um, by uh, injecting uh, first a dilute acid solution into their brain or uh, hot water, and uh, it never did completely work could someone like you it never did completely work oopsie he was lobotomizing them in his mind and he tried multiple things but with this one he was putting hydrochloric acid in the brain ultimately still killed them right but he wanted them to not be dead he wanted them to be alive, comatose. but zombie, yeah, zombified, comatose. Um, but Errol actually woke up after he had drilled him and poured the hydrochloric acid into his brain. He like popped up and asked what time it was, according to Jeffrey Dahmer, and said, I have a headache. So Jeffrey drugged him again. 
strangled him, and then cut off his head. Oh. But he kept the body because they wanted to preserve the body. He was like, well, I don't have to get rid of the body if I could preserve it. So he put it on ice. He put it on put salt on it, and ultimately had to get rid of the body too. Oops. His next guy, which makes me doubt, like he later on he talks about how um, s- kind of sorry he seems to be for it. Mm-hmm. But he goes after a member of the deaf and mute community named Tony Hughes. He lived actually in a state hospital, but he was in town visiting, met him at Club 19. They couldn't have a conversation, but Dahmer wrote on a napkin. Oh, my God. Come back to my apartment, and I'll pay you or whatever. And he came. And he left. So he killed him, and... He left his body in the bedroom for a while. He he was real special. He liked him. And so he would sleep next to his body for the next little bits. Like he didn't mm-hmm. cut him up. He didn't dismember him. He didn't do anything. This next victim is very controversial. This is Conorak. He's a 14-year-old Laotian boy. He was a soccer player in high school. He decided to skip practice. I don't know why, but he did. He wanted to take a bus downtown to check out Grand Avenue. Well, guess who else was checking out Grand Avenue that day? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. And Dahmer liked what he saw. But let me tell you about Conorak. Conorak is the younger brother of the first Laotian boy that oh, he is on probation no. for when he drugged him and fondled him. And remember, he got away and ran away. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine, like, this family runs into Jeffrey Dahmer twice? No. Both of your kids? Mm-mm. Well, Con- Jeffrey gets this boy in his apartment the same way he got the brother, paying for freaking pictures. So he goes to his apartment, right? He makes him a drink with his concoction, and he had, he was already in his underwear because he was taking those pictures, right? So he was in his whitey tidies and <laughs> passes out on the couch. Jeff gives him oral sex, and he takes him to the bed, lays him in the bed next to the deaf person, and he rapes him. And then he goes to get a beer, <clears throat> and he's at a beer. All skulls, oh, no. no beer. Oh, no. So he leaves to go to the store to get some beer. And on his <gasps> way back oh. is when there is, he sees Conorak naked, um. blood coming from his anus, and there's three women that have him and stopped him. And they call 911. And here's a little bit of that 911 call. Well, that did you just one. say blood coming from his anus? Yes. Okay. Well, that's what AIDS comes out of. <laughs> right here? The first 911, the first link that I sent you. Oh. The whole thing? 
it's only like 16 seconds. Well, emergency operator 71. Okay, hi. Um, this um, I'm on 25th and State, and this is young man. He is butt naked. He has been beaten up. He is very bruised up. He can't stand. He's study fall out. He has he is butt naked. He has no clothes on. He was really hurt. He's butt naked. He has no clothes on. He, she wanted to reiterate like how beat up this boy yeah, was, right? She did a good and job. that he was bucking naked. Yeah. Well, cops come, and so does Jeffrey at the same time. So you got these three black ladies oh. talking to these white cops, and you got this little Laotian drugged up boy, right? Mm. And they're trying to say something wrong is happening, something wrong is happening. And here comes smooth talking Jeffrey, and he comes up and he says. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my boyfriend. We are gay lovers and we had a quarrel. We've he's drunk. I'm trying to get he doesn't know what's going on. I'm trying to get him back to the apartment. I'm sorry. And the cops You know, this is when gay was brand that, new. Yes. I think this is when they were like laughing about yeah. it and they're like, "Oh my gosh, they're gay." And so the women were like, "Don't don't. Don't give him to this man. This is real weird. Don't send him to him." And so Jeffrey, he, no, the women were like, this is a little kid that can't be his lover. And Jeff says he's actually 19. He just looks young. And one of the girls was young, and she says, oh I'm 19. She, he is way younger than me. Yeah. So, of course, the cops believe, guess who? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Oh, my gosh. And they follow. The women end up having to leave. They follow Jeffrey and Conorak back up to Jeffrey's apartment where they basically serve Conorak up on a dish. Now, remember, this apartment's stinky as hell, mm. okay? And um, he just convinces them. Conorak's sitting on the couch. He can't say anything because he's so drugged. And they didn't notice that he had a thing, like a drill in his head? I don't think he point? had drilled him yet. Okay. I don't think he had drilled him. I think this was just the effects from the drugs. I kind of hear back and forth of, like, yeah. if that's happened yet. Um, so, anyways, they didn't ask for an ID. They didn't ask for his name. If they would have gotten an ID, they would have known he was a sex offender, that he had a past, oh um, or that he was on a probation. Yeah. These cops were later fired when they <sighs> found out that, <laughs> Connor, they were not lovers. They called it in as a lover's, lover's quarrel squabble between two homosexuals. And they laughed they about it. They laughed about mm -hmm. it and made fun. Later on, people were like, did you not smell the dead people? And they were like, well, you know, every gay person's house that I've been to, there is a weird smell. And I'm just not surprised what, what? I see anymore at a gay person's house. Oh yes, it, it was ridiculous. They were fired, and but they later got their job back. Of course they did. Like within a year. But had they done their job, uh, like a little bit of their job, four more people would not have died. Wow. The next victim was a 20-year-old. That's Matt Turner. Um, his organs were kept in the freezer um, to eat later on. Jeremiah Weinberger was 23. He was number victim 15. He actually got to live for a long time. They spent the whole Saturday together, Saturday night. They had sex. They had oral sex. They were drinking. They were having fun. With them they alive? They were cut wow. up with him alive. Yeah. Big step for Jeffrey. Oh. 
the next Sunday, he got up and said, oh, it's getting late. I got to go. Oh, he was leaving him, so then he had to kill him. So he'd so stay. Jeff was like, nope. oh, we'll just have one more drink. This is just like Nielsen. It just like Nielsen. Um, have one more drink before you go. So he made him a drink. He tried to make him into a, a human zombie, but this time he s- injected boiling water into his temple into his brain he was like well the hydrochloric acid didn't work let me try boiling water and didn't work he had to kill him anyway so he chops him up put his head in the freezer with the others so his he looks around and he's like oh my apartment's getting full like there's body parts everywhere there's skulls everywhere so he gets a big barrel of hydrochloric acid. How do you get this to your apartment? Couldn't tell you. How, where do you buy it? Home Don't Depot? Know, I guess. And he has these torsos in the refrigerator that he's having to get rid of. So instead of just doing a little bit here and there on the stove, he gets a big barrel. So those are slowly being disintegrated. Oh my gosh. Oliver Lacey, um, is they go back, they do a back rub with each other. Lacey passes out. He has sex with his warm body. It's his favorite time to do it. And this time he injects chloroform into his brain. Chloroform. 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 <laughs> um, cuts out his heart, puts his head in the freezer. He says he was eating the heart for dinner hmm. later on. So... He loves these heads so much, he actually has one that he takes to work with him in his bag every day. Um, and he puts a it skull? in his locker. Yeah. Okay. A mama, he, he describes it as a mummified oh, head. Remember? So I not had to the look, skull. Uh, yeah. I know what that looks like, <laughs> so I had to Google it. A mummified head. And it makes him feel powerful. Yeah. And he, it makes him feel like they are with him even when he's at work. Yeah, that's that's sweet. Look at the common denominator of how lonely Kemper was, how lonely Dennis Nielsen was, who else? And then how lonely Jeffrey Dahmer is to drive them to do these weird things with dead people. I mean, I'm loneliness I get and friendless lonely, is but a big deal. I don't get that lonely. No. I just do my puzzles. The very, okay, so he gets fired from the chocolate factory. And his life even more kind of goes downhill. His last victim is Joseph Braden Hoft, 25 years old. um, And he leaves Jeff, Joseph's body in the bed for a while and leaves. And when he comes back, there's maggots everywhere. So he chops him up, puts his torso in the acid with the other torso and keeps his head in the freezer and then goes right down and finds another guy oh named Tracy gosh. Edwards. So he's just compounding everything. He's not, he's just doing too much. Yeah. Well, and Tracy is the one that gets away. Tracy, he sees Tracy at Grand Central Station, Grand <laughs> Avenue. At Grand Avenue, Grand Central, whatever it's called. 
And Tracy's with a group of other black guys, like there's friends. And so Jeffrey just comes up to him and talks to him. And nobody was scared of Jeffrey, just cool, calm. And he offers them to come, all come back to his apartment. He had beer. They could play music, watch flicks, watch pitch show. And so he says, me and Tracy will go get the beer. Y'all two meet us. Here's the address. It's a fake address. He knew better, right? So they go to a fake address. Him and Tracy go back to his apartment, and they're just drinking and talking. Well, Tracy's weirded out because he's like, this apartment's nasty. It smells like death. And there are random pictures of nude bodies up on the wall in the living room. Nobody else has been able to say this because everybody's been dead. Yeah. And um, he obsesses over these fish. I didn't even know he had a fish tank. And so he tries to leave. His friends don't show up. He's there for hours. His friends don't show up. And Jeffrey Dahmer is watching the movie Exorcist. I feel like Dennis was watching the movie Exorcist. He probably did the same thing where he would put the same movie on every time with somebody. Yeah. But and that's what Dennis did, too. But why the Exorcist? It's so evil. It's so scary. So what's okay? So Tracy tries to get up, but Jeffrey snaps a handcuff on his wrist. And then he just puts his head on his chest and he wants to hear his heartbeat. And he tells him. I'm going to eat your heart out. Okay. Tracy, fight or flight, knocks the shit out of Jeffrey, gets up, and runs out of the apartment. He's a runner. He's a track star. (laughs) Goes down the stairs onto the regular main public land, sees some police, and these police got some sense. Because they listen to him and they go back to Jeffrey's apartment because there's handcuff evidence. Like he's still got this cuff right here. He never got to cuff the other hand, cuff them together. So they go to Jeffrey's apartment, 213 or 219, I forgot what it was. And Jeffrey answers the door. Cool. As a cucumber. As a cucumber. And he tried to tell them that him and Tracy were. Like, that's how they have sex, their boyfriend. And Tracy's like, no. once again. No. He's he's like, I have talked myself out of situations before. I can do it again. So it doesn't work. And they say, we need the key. Give us the key to the handcuffs, right? Jeffrey refuses. (laughs) They demand it. He refuses. So they try to get in, and he kind of fights them back. Ultimately, they handcuff him, push him in, sit him on his couch, and that is when they see first the pictures on the wall, <laughs> naked bodies, right? <laughs> then these weird power tools, saws and stuff. Mm-mm. And then here's the smell. <gasps> and they, in the next room, is um, pictures of the actual crime scenes and dead bodies. These are just nude pictures in the living room, dead bodies, and they go to the refrigerator. And in the refrigerator, they find four severed heads that still have the face, seven skulls, two hearts, some biceps in the freezer, human organs, and flesh in the freezer. Two complete full skeletons, 
some severed penises, a mummified scalp, and the drum of acid that had three torsos in it. There were also 74 Polaroid <gasps> pictures of Jeff committing these crimes, <gasps> like crime scene shit. Oh. So Jeffrey's no. like, I confessed. <laughs> he didn't have to. To everything. Okay. That's a whole lot. Yeah. That's a lot of work. So... Of course, go look at any of these confessions. So now he's in custody, right? And so this hits the news. And they're identifying, like, victims. And he's very forthcoming. First, they can identify with all the teeth and the skulls, right? Mm -hmm. But they only find 15 body parts, you know, of 15 people. They can connect 15 people. And he killed um, 17. So he ended up having to tell them about the others. Ten of them were black. So there was so much racial tension. They were not only pissed at Jeff, they were pissed at the cops because they were like, how did y'all let ten black men go missing and and there's the cops, nobody knows about it. Nobody looked for them. Nothing. Because there's missing person reports out. They didn't want to listen to the family. Because it was so bad, they had bulletproof glass around Dahmer in the courtroom during his trial. What? And for some reason, there was only one black person on the jury, which is supposed to be your a jury of your yeah. peers. Um, so that was a big deal for a while. Both Dahmer's parents, oh, those <sighs> pictures are horrible. Both Dahmer's parents attended the trial and... They've done plenty of interviews since then. First, he pleaded not guilty, which is stupid because you confessed. Then he pleaded guilty, but by reason of insanity. On February 15th, 1992, the jury ruled him sane. And after 10 hours of deliberating, he was convicted on 15 counts of murder in 15 consecutive life sentences. That's a whole lot. It's a lot. Win, win, win. Um, The other two, (coughs) like the the first two, they just kind of never found their bodies. So there's no evidence besides his words. So he goes to prison, right? And he's segregated from general population because they know he's a target. One, all the black people are going to be mad at him. Two, he's a queer. And then three, he's a kid killer. So oh, he's yeah. like, yeah. all, all he would die. But for some reason, he asked to be with the other inmates. So people are like, is this his death wish? Like, is he trying to die? Um, or was he lonely again? Did he think he's going to mm. be friends? In 1994, a prisoner tried to slash his throat with a shank. It only left superficial wounds. But on November 28, 1994, he was assigned work detail with Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver, two other murderers. For some reason, the security guard just left. Mm. And Mm. Scarver beat both of them with a barbell. Remember his first kill? Yeah. 
with the dumbbell. His first kill was with a dumbbell. And, like, you just happen to have that in your cell. Right. And so it was actually the barbell, like, that you bench press. So you can't hide that. Oh, hell no. So the cop knew, and he later says that the cop knew, was paid to leave him alone. Jeff was dead within an hour, and Anderson died days later. So he killed both of them. Dahmer was cremated, and his ashes were split between each parent. wonder what they did with those. <laughs> um, Dad ended up writing a book called A Father's Story. Oh, He's still alive, and Mom died of cancer in 2000. Brother David is no longer David Dahmer. He changed his name, wanted to have nothing to do with Jeffrey and Jeffrey's life. And, like, we don't know where he is. We don't know what his new last name is. He wants to stay hidden, as he Mm -hmm. should. Okay. Everything in his apartment, his estate, was left to the victim's families. Oh, that's nice. What? Really? Well, but think about it. It was worth a lot of money. So first they were going to auction it off. The skulls? Well, the skulls were evidence, but like... The pictures? Like what? People would pay money for Jeffrey Dahmer's TV. People would pay money for Jeffrey Dahmer's couch and chair and the tools that he used to kill them. What is it that... Like, at what point was he, like, so famous or infamous? As soon as they found out about him. Like, he hit... Just because he went so long for... And he's our first one about, like, that is open about cannibalism and mm. about gay and necrophilia. Like, he was the f- yeah one of the first ones that was just this open about it. And then the fact that he was so open and so he was daddy and so was mama. Yeah. Like, it was just an open book and people were mesmerized yeah. by him. So they didn't get to auction it off, but one little organization – raised $400,000 to buy all of Jeff's things, and then that money went to. So, like, Jeffrey's refrigerator, they got, like, $25,000 for it. Well, good. People just wanted this stuff. So the families got the money, so that's one good thing. I want to know. Who are the people that want it? <laughs> they probably are. They are also serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood home in Bath, Ohio, where he made his first first kill, um, was on the market for years. Never got, really got to sell. Somebody finally sold it and rented it out for eight thousand dollars a week, and it rented. Oh my! People crazy. You actually? I would you get would up. I know. I would do it in a second. Brother, <laughs> okay. This is how I have to end, and I want to know your thoughts on this. Remember I said I had a thing from a Christian a Christian Chronicle? Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Chronicles. Christian Chronicle. Okay, so there's a guy named Kurt Booth. Uh-huh. He was a minister in Oklahoma, and he watched one of Jeffrey's confession videos. And Jeffrey stated somewhere in there that he just wanted some peace about what he did. Mm-hmm. So this minister who used to be in prison, turned his life around. He ministers to prisons, and he has baptized and saved over a 1,000 inmates. He said to himself, I know somebody who can give you peace, Jesus. 
So he emails, not emails, mails with a stamp, a Bible and some journals to Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And some like things that you fill out, like little Bible studies. Jeffrey read the Bible a couple times while he was in prison. And he replied back to Kurt and said, thank you. And answered some of the questions, you know, that was in like this little journal thing that he sent. And so they corresponded for a while. He would go visit them. They would have Bible study. um, They would write back and forth. Jeffrey wanted to get baptized. He never knew anything about the Bible. And he found out in the Bible, if you get baptized and if you confess your your sins. Yes. He's trying to get cleansed. So he says, there's nowhere to baptize me here. So a local church allowed for Jeffrey to come in and get baptized there. After being saved, one of his letters, he said, I don't know if you heard, but last Sunday I was attacked while I was in the chapel. Some guy tried to cut my throat open with a razor, but it didn't succeed. The razor broke and my neck was only slightly scratched. I believe that it was the only protective grace of our great, Lord and Savior, Savior, Jesus Christ, that saved me from serious injury or death. Got baptized. So this happened, got baptized, then he was killed. Curtis Booth says that he believes wholeheartedly that Jeffrey was sincere and apologetic and that he has no doubt that he will see Jeffrey Dahmer in heaven. Okay, good job, Curtis, <laughs> but you're also going to hell, so bye. <laughs> Curtis, get and out of Christian here. Chronicle. So if Curtis. you read the Bible and you believe. Curtis, he's it's... still in hell. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, Curtis. I don't know. We might go to heaven to see Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. If he was genuine. If he was genuine. You don't think? Oh. What do you guys think? Do you think That's there's a, a chance lot. that Jeffrey Dahmer can go to heaven? That is a whole lot to I mean, take April in. I he's gay. He has to go to hell. No. All sins are created equal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Stress. Wow. That is a whole lot of Jeffrey Dahmer for you guys. We will see y'all next week for another earful of some teddy bear. Get ready for Ted Bundy. Caroline's yeah. turn. We will see y'all one more. Stay... Aware. Stay alive. And oi, always be deep. We did it wrong. DTF. Bye. has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Constant Contact's digital marketing platform is just what your small business needs to stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. With an easy-to-use, powerful tool set of email and SMS marketing and social media and events management, you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your growth. Not a marketer? No sweat. With our AI content generator and automated emails and texts, You'll say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
So get going and growing with Constant Contact today. Try it free at ConstantContact.com.